just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber. You go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself! <laughs> you know, and we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Mr. Green. And surprisingly, if you didn't get it from the opening, I guess, clip that I put at the beginning of this, uh, I was turned around and immensely and surprisingly happy with the episode that just aired. Um... for a while over this past weekend as I'm recording right now. You are listening to the Rights and Wrongs Pro Wrestling Podcast with your host, as I stated earlier, this is Mr. Green. And, you know, I'm going to go through a few items and then we'll just slide right on into the review for a while. Um, and, And believe me when I tell you that I am as shocked as you may be hearing me say that I was pleased with the episode because I I seem to have uh, developed some uh, I don't want to say reputation but I'm expected to, to just crap on it or dislike it or whatever the case may be <laughs> and I promise I don't do that on purpose I just call the stuff that I feel like okay this doesn't make any sense this is wrong the continuity is off and so on and so forth I have been very consistent in that point of view it is almost always inconsistency in the continuity of the show the logic of the show things like that but you know i I don't want to get ahead of myself this is the opening and i don't want to skip over uh anything that before i get to the the meat of the review so that being said let's touch on a few news topics that are in relative in the world of women's wrestling then we can move forward and go into the review uh one of the things that needs to be brought up uh, for you international wrestling lovers is stardom has announced a u.s dream show in april for those who don't know i'm pretty sure you mostly do that stardom is a japanese female promotion um it is listed at well they they uh they being New Japan Global, they, they announced on X. God, I don't even like saying that. Twitter. We'll just we'll go back to call it Twitter. Announced earlier today at TDC Hall, Stardom is coming to Philly. American Dream 2024 in the Keystone State is April 4. Tickets on sale today, 1 p.m. Eastern. So the announcement has been made uh, that they will be coming back. So, I mean, maybe you might want to take a journey there and go check it out or or catch the streaming show but it as listed will be here in 
the United States in Philly on April the 4th. So that is something to look forward to. And you know they are going to kill it <laughs> in the show. I've, I've watched a couple of starter matches, and they do not wrestle light. That's for, that's for sure. They, they do not. <laughs> they give their all when they're in the ring. So you can definitely say you might not understand necessarily the, the plot lines, for lack of a better term, or something like that, but you understand what's going on bill to bill. Um, also in the news... Elite Wrestling has a new uh, roster member, the former Impact Wrestling Knockouts champion, Deanna Perrazzo, the virtuosa, has become All Elite. Now, congratulations to Deanna Perrazzo, first off. I, I, as much as I enjoyed her in Impact Wrestling, now TNA again. As much as I enjoyed her there, uh, she probably has done everything that she can do. She, she's she's done so much in uh, in Impact Wrestling. I mean, it has truly been a rejuvenation of her wrestling career. I mean, because we know that she went to the WWE first. Uh, she was in NXT. They cut her loose. I, I don't think that she did anything of any major significance other than I, I, some people remember her being squashed by Nia Jax, but that's that's pretty much it. She, she really didn't do all that much. And probably for a lot of the same reasons that we talk about other wrestlers, like sometimes they, they being the WWE and, and others, hire people before they're ready to be there. But uh, when she was cut loose, she found a landing place at Impact Wrestling. She got there in, what, 2020? You know, it, it was an unfortunate time during the world, granted. But uh, she got there in 2020, and she was able to redefine who the Virtuosa is and who Deanna Perrazzo is, and she just rejuvenated herself. I mean, just... Was that three years that she was there? Just think about the things that she was able to do and accomplish in Impact Wrestling during that time. She won the Knockouts Championship three different times. She was one half of the Knockouts Tag Team Champions with Chelsea Green before she left. Uh, they did the tournament once. I don't think they revisited it. But in 2021, she was the homecoming. It was just part of the. Homecoming King and Queen with uh, Matthew Renwald. Hard for me to say it, but um, y'all will remember him from the Vaude Villains. Um, she was also at the same time, she had the AAA Reina de Reyes Championship. She was the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship. Now, keep in mind, if I remember that correctly, she won the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship before it was acquired by uh, AEW and, and Tony Khan. She was, you know, pretty much a belt collector <laughs> at that point. She had uh, really just gone around and, and saved for the WWE. Most places she was looked at as okay. She's she's got this belt. She got she got that one. She you know she she just painted such a uh, 
a beautiful picture of her body of work. Ne- you know, never mind the fact that, like I said, she uh, got to go to other places. She competed on the NWA Empower pay-per-view, which, you know, unfortunately, I don't think it did exceptionally great in the numbers because they, they haven't revisited it. But she got to compete on that, defending the defending and representing Impact Wrestling, taking on uh, uh, Melina in what was a, a really good match. I mean, emotionally speaking, because those people wanted to see Melina succeed, and unfortunately, the heel just just got over on her. But but it was it was really good. Uh, all of that to say that I really think that she has done everything that she really could do in Impact Wrestling slash TNA. Uh, I hate to see her leave the company, but it's probably time for her to leave the company. So I wish Perazzo the best going into AEW. Hopefully she will uh, continue her rise and maybe they can fix the women's division because I certainly don't think that is is perfect yet. It needs some retooling. But um. Cheers to her and, and congratulations, bravo. Uh, speaking of Impact Wrestling, and, and uh, just, just one last thing I, I want to say about Perazzo before I move off of it. I said in the last podcast that Trinity seems like she was having the time of her life and enjoying what she was doing and whatnot. Same thing, I, I think, qualified for Perazzo. Like it, it, it really put a, a, a new new chapter, new coat of paint on her. But getting back to Impact Wrestling, and speaking of which, they are coming up on another big event. I think this is the return, the official return of the TNA name and logo. And what comes with that, but the Ultimate X match. Not just any Ultimate X match, it's the Ultimate X match for the Knockouts. And what do we have with that? We got a couple of names that are announced to participate in. What I think the first one being the winner of the first ever uh, Knockouts Ultimate X, Tasha Steeles. She will be back in action January 13th to take on you know her competitors, which will include Jody Threat. She's been added to the uh, to the matchup, and Zia Brookside. She will be making her TNA debut at Ultimate X, which I would think is I don't know if that's the match you want to make a debut in, but hey, you do what you got to do. All of that to say that it's looking up for a lot of things. Perazzo's career, Stardom's coming here. There's an Ultimate X match that's on the horizon with some really talented uh, young ladies. Uh, There's a lot of stuff that I I really want to watch and I'm I'm getting somewhat excited for it, quite honestly. Um, As a side note, is, is when you have matches like this where I say it makes it very difficult for a while to pass off their no holds barred, non-sanctioned as as this massive threat. It's kind of difficult to do that because, you know, quite honestly, they just don't exist in a world where they're the only game in town anymore. They they did 20 years ago. But that that just is not a thing now. So I would 
if I were in that company, I would really be asking, can we retool some of this and maybe amp it up just a little bit so they can look like this is a, a brutal contest. But, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. I'm I'm getting off track. I, I'm going into knockout, not, not knockouts. I'm going into Wildland a little early. Uh, so let's get back to finish up what I was talking about. Uh, it has been reported that Trinity Fatu is expected to make a return to the WWE. Uh, she's, from what I understand of what I've read, she's soon to be a free agent. So that being being reported would give me the impression that she's probably signed for a year. <laughs> you know, with, with Impact Wrestling, but it is. First, I'm not I'm not mad about that at all because I don't think anybody here listening or otherwise felt like this was going to be the place that she was going to stay forever. I just, you know, I just didn't see that. I didn't see that, okay, she's an impact and she's going to stay in impact. I do think that impact gave her what she needed when she needed it. New motivation. You know, not necessarily new coat of paint because the presentation is pretty much the same. But the motivation is different. Got something to prove. I have other avenues to explore. I have other people to have matches against. I got no new places that I can go. You know, like I said before, when she was part of the glow guns with uh, Chris Saban, you know, she put that on her uh, Instagram. Like, this is one of the most fun things I've ever got the chance to do in the wrestling business and I thought that spoke volumes it's like she's been in the wrestling business a long time and and if she meant what she said the fact that she got to do that just it it spoke a lot of volumes but anyway getting back to the possibility of her leaving no no specific date has been disclosed about when she would be uh, uh free but assumably, if it's a year contract, she signed in or she debuted somewhere in April of uh, last year. So <clears throat> it is very possible that if it's a year time, that we'll be coming up on it in this coming April. And that's just my speculation. This is not anything that's been written or reported that I have found. However, I will speculate on this also. Mercedes Monet is still out and about. I do not think that Impact has the money, (laughs) quite honestly, to get Mercedes Monet in. But, in some off chance that she finds herself in Impact Wrestling, even if it's just for one-off, I think that that would create the motivation for Trinity to stay, at least for an extension. Because to have the two of them show up at, say, Bound for Glory and wrestle for the Knockouts Tag Team Championships, which at this point, if they're taking on MK Ultra, that might be a match. I, I, ooh, that, that's, that sounds good. But anyway... Uh, if if they were there to to take on MK Ultra, go for the the tag team championships, I think that would could motivate an extension to a contract or or agreement that they may have. 
I do think that there is something to be said for the amount of freedom that is offered, less stress, less travel, and things like that. Now, yes, if you're looking for the money, WWE is where you got to go. But I don't think that it is as hard-pressed an issue as some others may think. Her husband's there. She has an in. I'm not saying that he can get her hired. And that doesn't mean just because your husband there that you have to be there. I mean, how many married wrestling couples do we know? Maybe like me saying Mickey James has to go back to WWE now because her husband's there. No, she didn't have to. They've worked separate for quite some time. And Trinity can do the same. I just feel like there's potentially less stress on her going back to the company opposed to exploring what else she may have to offer and an impact. Because what she's gaining off of them is is a new reputation. It's no longer a case of, well, WWE is all you know. You know, she's got the chance to try something else. She's got the chance to be the champion of someone else. She's got the chance to be the foundation of an entire division right now. Where, whereas she did have the championship in WWE, but it never really felt like she was the focal point. There was always a Charlotte. There was always a Becky Lynch. There was always a Bailey, <clears throat> and, you know, a Sasha Banks. There was always those things. Here, she is the show. You know, yes, will she have people that – are considered better wrestlers than her that pop in and out of there, probably. But she has got the chance to really show herself and showcase what she can do. Not Naomi, but Trinity. She was able to give Trinity a name, able to give her some status, and able to um, be the star that she could be, even on the smaller scale. Even if it was just on the smaller scale, she got the chance to be the one that this division can revolve around. For a little while, at least. I just don't think that is necessarily over. It wouldn't surprise me if she pops back. But uh, it would be nice if uh, they had a little reunion of sorts. Now, now that's that's fantasy booking. That is absolute fantasy booking. I have nothing that would lend me to believe that Mercedes Monet is going to pop up and, and impact wrestling. But, yeah, like I said, it's just a little bit of fantasy booking. Uh... That said, and lastly, before we move on, we talked about the WWE, so I think it's fair to to address that reportedly there's a former Women's World's Champion who is on the WWE's radar. And that person is Camille, the former NWA Women's World's Champion, who had one of the longest reigns that... uh, and certainly in modern day, that the NWA Women's Championship has seen at 812 days, she reigned as the champion. Uh, according to House of Wrestling, it's been noted that the WWE, or at least someone that is within the WWE, has said that she is high on the company's radar. And, you know, what they're super high on is the word that they use, but they're high on the company's radar. And that due to the uh, merger of the UFC and WWE, they're pretty much in acquisition mode. 
TKO being the, the the umbrella company. But they're looking, you know, they're in acquisition mode and they're looking to get new talents to pop in that can make an impact. And apparently she is one of the ones that they are looking at. So uh, hopefully she can do something. And it would be interesting to see her pop in. Now with Camille, that's going to be a different story than, in my opinion, than what we got with uh, Jade Cargill. Now, if you've listened to me, I've said when they when she went over there, she does not need to be jumping right into the main roster, which she did not. <laughs> just, they found out that she probably needs to be trained some more because she was just pushed out there and not ready for the little things. Because you can you can teach people to do the moves, but not necessarily the psychology. You know, and that's not me talking. That is Almost every other old school trainer that I've had the opportunity to sit down and talk to at any point. If you talk to them about training at some some point in time, they're going to tell you. They're like, well, the training is for this. How to think about the business. How to think about wrestling. How to, you know, address yourself in the ring. You know, it's like they're going to teach you how to, <clears throat> you know, work for the hard cam and how to work for the audience and this, that, and the other. But, you know, the instincts that you have beyond that, those are the things that, you, you know, you start learning, not just always in a school either. Sometimes you got to learn that during the house shows or, or small independence or wherever the case may be. I don't think that Camille is going to walk into that if, if, I don't want to make it sound like she's going, uh, but if she does go, I don't think that she's going to walk into that situation as unprepared as Jade Cargill was. Camille has been on the independent circuit for quite some time. In fact, when I first came across her or first saw her wrestle in person, it was at uh, Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment and she was Camille Cage and she was wrestling in her football gear. That's probably one of the things that's not really known about her is that she played football for the Atlanta Explosion, which was, I mean, uh, they no longer call themselves the Lingerie League. <laughs> but, uh, and they no longer wear legitimate lingerie. They just wear really skimpy sports attire. So it's, make of that what you will. But she that that's how she was introduced. She, she kind of came in wearing that. And it just evolved and she changed and, you know, dropped the cage and just became Camille. So we will keep an eye out for that as well. Before we go into WoW, or fully into WoW, we're going to go, and I did not expect me to have to come across this this soon. Uh, I, I just went over ratings for the program not all that long ago, but now we've got ratings for uh, the special that WoW just ran. If you were not aware of it, I, I think I talked about it the last time, but the, the special that was aired, presented by E.T. Entertainment Tonight, Inside and Ringside, WOW, Women of Wrestling. Yes, and I, I remember I talked about it last episode now just because of the title. But uh, WrestleNomics provided the, rate, the TV rating for this special as it aired on December 27th. So I think before we go into the review of the show that just passed, let's just address the ratings so we can move forward again. 
This rating is provided by Russell Nomics and Brandon Thurston. And I will read this off. You know, I, I didn't go through my own personal notes of this. I'm just going to take it directly from Russell Nomics. A special on Women of Wrestling series titled E.T. Inside and Ringside, WOW, aired on Wednesday night on broadcast network The CW from 8 to 9 p.m. I'm going to stop right there just for a second just and uh, just say this. If you didn't get a chance to see it air, it is on the CW app. So, you know, if you want to go track it down, that's where you would have to. You know, well, I'm not going to say you have to, but that's where you can go. Which also reminds me, you know, it's funny to see that they're advertising the NWA on their thing. I don't even think most people know that NWA is airing on the CW app. But really, if it's on the CW app, they might as well just stay on YouTube. <laughs> they probably got more people watching it there. Anyway, back to back to the Ravens, back to Russell Nomics. The show averaged 179,000 viewers and a 0 0.04 in the 18 to 49 demo. That's the, the, the 18 to 49 demo rating, according to a Nielsen source. About one-third of the audience within the 18 to 49 were women. Total viewership for the special as well as the percentage of women in the demo were lower than for a while in syndication. The special went head-to-head -head with the first hour of AEW Dynamite on TBS, which had its highest 18 to 49 audience since September. While in syndication in November, averaged 279,000 viewers. In the demo, it averaged a 0 0.04 in 1849 rating for the month, equal to what Wednesday's special delivered. Among half of while syndication audience in the demo are women. They did repeat that. Viewership for WOW Special was lower than the total viewership than what the CW had been doing on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. according to Spoiler Data TV or Spoiler TV Data. I, I, I auto-corrected that and put that in reverse in my mind. Uh, but yeah, it, according to Spoiler Data, Spoiler TV Data, but comparable in the 18 to 49. And now these are the listings for the preceding specials in the same time slot to illustrate the difference in the rating. Now, keep in mind, the WOW special rating averaged 179,000 viewers. And in the demo, it was listed at 0.04 between the 18 to 49 demo. So, the ratings for those that proceeded. On December 20th, Christmas Around the USA, this was listed as a rerun, averaged 430,000 viewers and a 0 0.04 in the 18 to 49 rating, demo rating. On December 13th, Sullivan's Crossing averaged 371,000 and a 0.03. On December 6th, the Republican presidential primary debate had a much bigger audience than the normal for CW in primetime at 2,303,000 and a 0.27. And on November 29th, Sullivan's Crossing averaged 531,000 viewers and a 0 0.06. Wow's special, um, unfortunately, did not do well for them. 
Now, that's not to say that we won't see another special. I did talk about this in the previous podcast. I said if you didn't watch it, but if you saw, uh, say, the, the road, My Road to Wow or their Histories of Women's Wrestling documentary, if you saw either one of those, then you've seen this. It's, it's condensed to about 40 minutes without the commercials. But that's what it is. It's pretty much that. And and an overall infomercial for WoW. But this is one of those things that, unfortunately, because of how either they tape, how it's edited, or both, does not allow them to do real-world advertising for specials that they may or may not have. I mean, it would take a lot of planning. I mean, and I'm talking a lot of planning in order to get this um, advertised on their pre-recorded show that they probably did months ahead of time. Uh, like I said, unfortunately for them, it just it didn't go well. I don't know how you can spend an average of 179,000 people in CW prime time. As a good number. I, I just. I can't see. And especially when they lay it up against. The things that happened. And preceding it for the the month. Not even the year. For the month. I mean the biggest gap. In ratings. Or viewership I should say. Is the December 13th. Uh, airing of Sullivan's Crossing. Which is 371. That puts them somewhere around. 200,000 people distance or or maybe a little less like maybe 190 that still is that's a significant number these those numbers you should be able to get that just in your city quite honestly like that kind of number you should be able to do just in LA or higher there's millions of people there just like here you know there's millions of people here you should be able to get those numbers just in that but what that would tell me is that it there isn't a lot of people who just wanted to see it. The fans that did want to see it probably didn't know that it was airing. It wasn't slotted in a good place for this, quite honestly. This is in the Christmas season. And, you know, well, this is after Christmas, December 27th. So it, it it's probably a couple of things that's working against that. But at the same time, I don't know if this is something that E.T. or, you know, the CW, probably certainly not the CW because NXT is scheduled to move there in primetime in the fall. Uh, but I, I don't know if this is something that they would want to repeat. Unless, again, unless they have some some wheeling and dealing that, that could go on by, behind the scenes. And, you know, I doubt David McClain could do it, but I think that Jeannie Buss could pull some strings and, you know, let us air or something else or let us get a, a special or something along those lines. It'll probably have to be on a different network than uh, the CW beginning in the fall at least. But as much as I want to uh, – encourage and praise the upcoming review this special 
it, it fell short. That's I mean, ratings-wise. I'm not talking about how they constructed it. But it, it fell short ratings-wise. Uh, I, I don't think there's any way that that could possibly be spun. To be like, well, it's fine. But again, this is what happens when you have a show that has marathon tapings that they are not able to get out in a, a fashion where they can do an update. Uh, if there ever was a... A case to be made for paying your editors an extra amount of money to be able to throw something in there at the last minute and then get it shipped out. I mean, because let's be honest, we're not shipping out tapes now. They're they're forwarding these things, you know, they're emailing it through you basically or some other form of data transfer. If there was a case to be made, this is it. Because they should have been able to advertise this. That is the one thing that I can say that probably did not help. Is that while, as far as I can remember, didn't mention a word of it. They didn't say, hey, you know, be sure to check out our special coming up on ET or, you know, the CW. That just didn't happen. So, you know, you're, you're not informing your audience of that so that they can seek it out. And even at worst case scenario, it probably should have been advertised on more than just the Instagram. They had a lot of that. They had a lot of their girls say, hey, we're going to be on this. And, you know, they put up the, the social media posts and all that stuff. So I can't say that they ignored it. They didn't ignore it. They had a lot of social media that was pushing for um, uh, this particular special. However, maybe, just maybe, you cut a video for it and you you tell people, you know, on your YouTube, have a, have a video ready. This is going to air. Put this, you know, put this up. So, you know, that that's uh, just my two cents. So anyway, we go into the meat of the show. This is uh, WOW episode 68 and 216 when we're counting for the season. The title of the show, Welcome Back, the air date for me was the 30th of December, 2023. Uh, we're past 2033 now, and I didn't even say it at the beginning of the show. Happy New Year, fellas and, and ladies. Ladies and fellas, fellas and ladies, Happy New Year to you. And thank you for listening through the time that you've listened. Quite honestly, I, I think I should be saying that as well. Uh first thing that I wanted to make note of with the show, as much as I liked it, they probably suffered from some somewhat bad luck. Um, this is going into the holiday weekend, this, this particular program. This is going into New Year's celebrations, New Year's Eve, and so on and so forth. And because of that, <clears throat> you had a lot of holiday-themed specials, uh, year recaps, and, and stuff like that. In some cases, the show was bumped. some cases, the time slot was changed. some cases, the show was just taken off the air in general so that something else could run in its place. Uh, I can say firsthand that in Philly, the station that I had some uh, working ties to, 
Wild aired a, an hour earlier. So if you didn't know that, what you were going to walk into was the world tag chase, which I didn't even know was a thing. <laughs> I had no idea. I was like, what is this? Uh, and, and just as a sidebar, the world tag chase is like parkour tag you're it. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's kind of what it is, is that they spent an hour with these guys. And I'm not knocking what they did because uh, their ability to leap through these pipes and slide around and all that stuff is, is amazing. But I, but no, I had no idea that this was airing up until the point that it aired, or up until the point that I looked at the the playlist. The World Tag Chase, which aired on WPSG in Philly, it took Wild's time slot, and it pushed Wild ahead an hour. And I know some other places. Well, like I said, Wild was not airing at all. So it'd be interesting to see what you know, what comes of that. Did it really? muck up their ratings uh, that much more. You know, we, we'll, we'll have to look, and, and again, time will tell. So the show begins with the commentators introducing themselves, uh, as they probably should. People need to know who they are. I cannot even begin to be mad at, at uh, Nigel Zane here. He... he <laughs> I don't know. Maybe his presentation is just better, but he he just comes off as a as a better commentator in this instance to me than what Dickey had done previously. All due respect to Stephen Dickey, but Nigel Zane is doing a you know a really good job in my opinion. Uh, as they're talking, McLean sets up the return and entrance of Jesse Jones and Amber O'Neill. They come out, and this is. This started to show off just right for me. They get into the ring, and they are cutting a promo. And it's not one of those generic promos. It's not one of their 30-second promos. It's not one of the the typical, wow, we're coming after the title promos. No, this is a personal issue. And I loved it. I loved it. I loved the fact that it was a good heel promo. Amber O'Neill got on that microphone and she gave everybody the reasons why she's there. And that's all you can ask for out of these promos. That, that is what I've been saying for pretty much a year now. The promos didn't mean anything. You didn't, you know, never went anywhere. If they got the chance to speak at all, it was super minimized. This was none of that. The entire segment is a promo. Yes, did it have a little bit of action in it? Sure. But the entire segment is a promo. To put this in perspective, and I'm going to use their own YouTube uh, page to illustrate some things. As it stands right now, as I am talking, the viewership for their promo segment, which is about seven minutes, 3,000, well, 3.4 thousand views, okay? That is where they are right now. Chainsaw versus Holiday, which was uploaded three days ago, two days prior to this clip, is at 1.9. Genesis versus Candy Crush, also uploaded two days before this talking segment, is at 2.5. 
Gloria Glitter versus Steffi Slays. Again, also three days prior to this clip. They had a two-day head start. 3.3 thousand viewers. They're the closest right now. And the one that exceeds that, guess what? The match that the segment that's talking is addressing. Jesse Jones and Amber O'Neill, Grits and Glam, versus the new All-American girls are at 4.5 views. That was two days ago. So with the exception of the match that they're talking about, they've outdone performance-wise every other clip that has gone up. Now, that's certainly not a knock on Chainsaw and Holiday or Genesis and Candy Crush or Glory Glitter and Steffi Slays. I actually enjoyed this show from top to bottom. But it does stand to be said, like, you know, maybe you should explore this and let some of the people that can talk, talk. And not give them this scripted, overly dramatic verbiage or cutting down the things that they're saying to get it done in 30 seconds. No. This gave real, not stakes, but it gave you a, a real reason to understand why this person's here, why she came back, and then later on, why uh, Santana Garrett came back. All of these things. This was, And she had the line of the night. So I flew out to Los Angeles, city of hell. And that's somebody that knows how to work the crowd there because the second she said it, they, <laughs> you heard the booze kicking in. But, you know, and that's why I say, look, I understand that WOW is positioning itself as a worldwide entity. But it's, and I don't mean this as an insult, but it's an independent promotion with, with a lot of money. It's, it's centered and focused to Los Angeles and things within Los Angeles. And it doesn't need to do anything more than that. I mean, they don't, honestly, they don't need to try and make it sound like they're, oh, yeah, we're worldwide. No, just be Los Angeles. It works for them. This works for you. Stick with that. I don't even know if I would go around calling the Wild Championship a World Championship yet. They can. It's not going to hurt. I mean, this is just my personal opinion. I think they get just as much mileage off of just calling it the WOW Championship. It doesn't go anywhere. It's pretty much a, a, a Los Angeles-based title. So stick with it. You know, that, just, just a thought. But this is great heel promos. Jesse Jones got a chance to get up on the mic, too, and we all know that she's good. Americana comes out, and she, you know, starts – yammering with with jesse jones <clears throat> she's still somewhat monotone she's uh, she is still somewhat monotone in her delivery but she didn't take up the segment jesse jones came out there and interacted with her to move that along santana garrett comes out the crowd actually does welcome back chance now whether the welcome back chance for santana were coached to the crowd or they genuinely knew who she was or somebody just held up a sign and say say this i don't know but either way it sounded good on tv 
It made it look like, oh, okay, she must have been there before. These people know who she is. Opposed to, you know, the Abilene Maverick thing where they tried everything in their power in the commentating booth to, to make it seem like it was a big deal. Santana Garrett's return felt more like a big deal. Not not huge, but it felt like a bigger deal than, you know, than her colleague, Abilene Maverick. She got a chance to speak. She got a chance to explain why she was gone. She got the chance to say why she came back. It was a genuine, heartfelt promo, and it made this segment. The three people that got the chance to talk, all, all due respect to Americana, she just isn't there yet. But this is where she needs to be. I will add that. This, this is why I say I don't even mind that she came out and felt a little monotone. Because she is in the company of people that if she is willing to learn it, she's in the company of three veterans that can get her there or at least help. Amber O'Neill, Jesse Jones, Santana Garrett, all of them, just being around them should help Americana grow as a pro wrestler. Not just in the ring, psychology, how she presents on the microphone, how she presents this standing there. All of them, you know, could, if she is willing to pick up the traits, she can get there and she can learn from them. And to add on to that, having Santana Garrett there and basically reinstituting the All-American Girls, the new All-American Girls, we'll call them, it takes the impression of Americana being a Santana Garrett wish list wrestler, it takes that off of the table because she's there with her now. It's not like, well, we have this person and the original's gone, so we just make a new one. The original came back. She's with the person that was kind of viewed as a clone, but now they're tagging. The looks are similar, the style, you know, the body uh, build is, is similar if she, uh, Americana even uses Santana Garrett's finish or at least she did this removes all idea of oh you're just ripping her off off the table because now there's a, a silent endorsement she came back she came to save her and I, and I was fully prepared to be like, well, why did she just show up out of the, out of the blue and nowhere? Didn't you know, just without any rhyme, reason, explanation? I was I was fully ready to to say that, but then she goes into this promo and explained it. I prefer a small explanation rather than none at all, and she gave that. So, bravo. Uh, and matter of fact. I am going to leave this spot here just open because I, if you didn't get a chance to hear it, I want you to hear the promos that were cut between these three so you can get the feel of what I'm saying. I think that that deserves to be there. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to lean in and I'm going to give this promo a little run and then we'll move on to the next thing. Talking to you, Dave. David McClain, long time no see. Sorry to barge in uninvited and unannounced, but I'm Amber O'Neill. I'm a wild superhero legend, and I don't need an invitation. And I don't care if you like it or not. 
Well, you didn't have to come in the way she because did. Because the reason I'm here is a good reason. I was sitting at home watching Wild Superheroes, the newer episodes, the ones I've not been on, and that was not the Jesse that I remember when I left here. And, I, and all of a sudden, this little voice popped inside of my head, and it said, Amber. And I said, what? And it said, you need to fly to Los Angeles, the city of hell, and you're going to have to remind Jesse Jones exactly who she is and where she came from. So I got on that plane, and while I'm flying to Los Angeles, that little voice popped inside of my head again, and it said, Amber. And I said, what? And it said, Jesse Jones is distracted. She's distracted by a rookie and a little bratty kid. And you need to convince her to get rid of that distraction. And before I can even respond Talking to this little Levi voice, it said, kid. Amber. And I said, what? Are you going to help Jesse Jones get rid of that distraction? Are you going to convince her to get rid of that distraction? And I said, oh, hell yeah. Little Levi's not a brat. Now, that's ridiculous. And that's exactly what we did. That's right. That's right, David. I may have spent the last year here kissing babies and making nice with old ladies, but that ends today because my real friend came back and showed me who I am. And who I am is someone who is sick and tired of walking the line and still not being given what I deserve. So from now on, from now on, I'm going to take it. And there's nothing you, Americana, or her snot-nosed little brat can oh do my. about it. We didn't need comments like that about little Levi. And that's all due to Jesse Jones! Well, wait a second. Hold it! How could you? You were my friend! This is Americana. I looked up to you, Jesse. My son looked up to you. Little Levi. I thought you were a role model. Yeah. They became friends in Kentucky. You are not who I thought you were. No, she isn't. But this may be the true her, Nigel. Wait a second. Wait a What's second. happening? Look at Americana. Oh, Jesse's. You're right. I, I was not your friend, and I wasn't a good role model. And I'm going to continue to not be. Oh, what's this? I thought Jesse Jones had thought better of her, of her decision to realign with Amber O'Neill and yet again another by betraying her trust, talking about her son. Man, I mean, this is ridiculous. Amber O'Neill setting up for a super kick. It. It's Santana Garrett! Santana Garrett, former Wild World Champion, former Tag Team Champion, and to clear the ring and help America. But why is she out here? Damn, Santana Garrett is here! What is she doing here? Santana Garrett! She, of course, Case handed to her at the time, 
Sofia Lopez in a double cross with Lana Star. Santana Garrett is here. Why? What's she doing here now, David? That's the question. What is Santana doing here? Why now? Why tonight? supporter, my dad. And with that loss, I lost myself. Wow, fans just giving her the support. Of course, a tough loss for Donna TNT. Wow Superheroes, and I saw the beatdown of none other than Amber O'Neill and Jesse on Americana. And I knew at that very moment, this is where I needed to be. So David, David, I'm asking you, I'm begging you, give me this match. Oh, yeah. What do you say, David? You want the Mad Santana? Amber O'Neill and Jesse Jones versus the All-American Girls. That was the promo from Amber O'Neill, Jesse Jones, Americana, Santana Garrett. Three of them, you know, I think you should really pay attention to it. Americana's going to have to work out a little bit, but still, I enjoyed the segment. The next segment and the first match of the show, this was Steffi Slays versus Glory Glitter, and I wrote down, this is clearly a squash match, but, you know, most of this match was spent by the commentators addressing the rest of the show, <laughs> quite honestly. And I knew, as I'm sure anybody that has watched this program knew, that the second they said, and it's going to be Steffi Slates versus Galigla, you knew who was going to win this match. You, you immediately knew it. But I did not uh, hate this. I did not. There was nothing in here that I just didn't like. I understood what Gloria Glitter's uh, position was here, and that she was the star that they're going to put over. She's, you know, and Steffi Slays is there to make her look good or or help her look good, basically provide a body 
for glitter to beat. That's that's pretty much what where she's at because I Steph is probably a lovely young lady inside and out, but I don't think that she's in a position to, you know, in terms of her in-ring work <clears throat> to uh carry glitter to make her look better. It's probably the other way around. Glitter has been doing this long enough to where she can make slaves look better, and slaves just needs to be the body. But in this, like I said, in this case, I, the, I, maybe it was just the start of the show. Maybe the start of the show made me feel so much better about it. it. Just I walked into this feeling perfectly fine. Like okay, I don't, I don't see any holes in this match, and I didn't. I didn't see anything that was like, oh, this is terrible. Why is she doing that? What is she, you know? Like last week, I got on Goldie Collins like, why on earth would you stop in the middle of what you're doing to, you know, address the crowd? Here, I had very little of that, if any. Like it felt like Steffi at least tried. And she didn't wind up, even even if you wanted to label it under um, heel narcissism with, with Goldie Collins, I mean, there's not a case, or there is a case to be made for that. The babyface that had been trained by a while do ridiculous stuff like that, too. Here, no. And Steffi got a chance to shine in the match. Got to do the monkey flip out the corner and, you know, all that good stuff. She clearly is someone that both, I would say, the management and probably a good chunk of the people that go to wild shows like and she's not gonna be no world's champion there <laughs> that, that i don't think that's ever gonna happen with slade she's she's not gonna be some some world's champion unless they're gonna just suddenly change her entire booking but she did look comparable here she was able to keep up with what glitter was was uh delivering right up until the end and like i said slade's got some some time to shine there uh, put the heat on on Gloria. But after the jackknife pin that Gloria Glitter attempted to do, they both got back up to their feet. <clears throat> Slays is met by a counter from a clothesline. She takes several knee lifts right into the abdomen. And then, boom, she gets pinned with Gloria Glitter's double arm face buster. I forget what they call it. But it was, like I said, it was it was a fine match. Nothing to complain. It was a cold match. There's no angle here. There's no storyline here. But uh, this match being one of out of the four with without any angle either going into or coming out of, I, no complaint. This is what it needed to be. The next segment is the Holiday promo. Her promo is the saving grace of this entire angle. The angle that wasn't going anywhere, the angle that didn't mean anything, the angle that just kind of popped up and they never explained it. It was just, ah, they're staring at each other. They're staring at each other again. Here she comes out to, to stare at her some more. That's all the angle was primarily. But she... Within how long was this promo? This promo was probably like two minutes, maybe. If that, 
within that time, she addressed the best she could and condensed her reasoning behind what was going on. And that is all I asked for. Should have happened sooner. But at least she did it. And like I said, it, it was the saving grace of this match. Because otherwise, like I, I had lost all interest in this match. I didn't care who won or lost. I didn't even know who's the heel and who's the babyface. But this promo did it. It it established who is the heel, who's the babyface, the reasons why Holiday stepped up and started interfering, or not interfering, but getting in the chainsaw's way. It gave all of that. And, you know, since we are showing uh, little audio clips, I think now's probably a good enough time to let us. Let's go into the audio clip of the promo that Holiday had cut to explain her position as to why. There are many paths on my journey to darkness, violence, rage, anger. But sometimes, on the other side of darkness, a little bit of light seeps in. That doesn't mean my anger or my rage is gonna be subdued, no, no, no. It's just gonna be redirected. Chainsaw, you and I are connected because we both fell to the ugly side of the darkness. But you know, as my light is starting to shine a little bit, I noticed the path you're going down. I noticed you like to pick on the weaker opponent, the smaller opponent, but Chainsaw, violence is equal. I see you want to stay subdued to your chains. I am embracing freedom, and I will embrace my violence on you as my darkness turns to light. So there it was. And as I said, when you go and you look at the match, the match is pretty methodical. It's played up between two uh, personas that are willing to bend and break the rules. Uh, this is another match where Chainsaw's roughness or lack of polish can be construed as a positive. It's nothing overly fancy here, but it's a fun match to see. Uh, and I don't think it can be said enough that the promo preceding this match saves this. Rather than it just being another match that didn't have any sort of logical connecting points. Having Holiday get in front of a camera. Now they overdid it with the B-roll, showing Chainsaw with you know in the locker room with the lighting and the horror music and all that stuff. They they overdid it with that. But if you're just going off of what she said, saves it absolutely. Holiday won this with a spinebuster, and the promo gave this match purpose. The next segment was Candy Crush and Princess Ozzy meeting at the bottom of the uh, the infamous Wild Steps. It's, <laughs> it's a little funny. I mean, I didn't have a problem with this segment, but it's a little funny that I, all of a sudden that Princess Ozzy lost the championship. She's got time for her. <laughs> she, she, she finally has time for her now. So <laughs> Candy Crush asked her, hey, you know, you want to come and watch? I mean, in so many words, do you want to come and watch me wrestle and give me some notes and this, that, and the other? She's like, yeah, sure, I got time. I'm actually going out to the, to the commentator table right now. So, <laughs> so again, it's, it's, it's just to me, it's kind of funny that now that I've lost my championship, sure, I got time for you. Let's go. 
So they have that. Ozzy finally has time for her friend again. Now that I don't have the burden of uh, of being important in the company. Um, this is also back-to-back with another segment that t- also takes place at the bottom of the infamous Wild Steps. They need another set. If I have to give any sort of criticism here, they should they should probably look around that building, find some other place. I don't care where. Just something other than these steps. But Genesis has a segment of Ice Cold, and, you know, they're carrying on. Basically, the point of this is I don't need you to come out the ringside. I just want need y'all to watch. Talking about Ice Cold and Exodus. And then she gets to the point, she's like, well, where is Exodus? Ice Cold tells her, well, she didn't want to come out. And that's when just it's kind of like, I don't need you and I don't want you here, but you should have been here anyway. You know, it was, it was, it was kind of like that where she doesn't want to help, but she's upset that Exodus didn't at least show up. Uh, They seem like they're going somewhere with Genesis. She keeps getting built into these segments. She's walked past uh, Samantha Smart's army, uh, G.I. Jane and Classmaster, what the... Talking about the trios tournament, she's got this little stairway segment with with ice cold, and I want actually I want to say that I'm forgetting one, but she has gotten some some airtime. She's gotten a chance to express her purposes and her design, and not only that, she got time after the match. Wow, I was legitimately shocked. Like they they are. Maybe they're going somewhere with this. Maybe they are going somewhere with Genesis fighting to be the lead dog in exile. So this match is Genesis versus Candy Crush. And one of the things that the commentators kept carrying on about was this um, undefeated streak of Candy Crush, which I... I hated that I wrote this out, but yeah, I wrote the commentators may have foreshadowed a loss, but not horrible. And sure enough, they <laughs> they foreshadowed the loss. Like when it, anytime they get up there and they start talking about something like that, that's out of the blue that they don't talk about anymore. It's like all right, this that becomes a point of reference at some point in the in the show or the match when they do those things. And and this time was not any different. It it just pointed out the obvious now keep in mind uh when they say undefeated they only mean undefeated from a certain point she's not undefeated overall she's had a loss she had a loss against uh penelope pink matter of fact when she went for the the championship she lost that match uh so i i don't know if i would carry on about it being undefeated but you know it is what it is so, in any case, the match, it was fine. Candy Crush has grown. Not perfect, but she's grown. She's, she's done a lot of work in the last couple of uh, uh, months. I still will stand by that they probably need to go elsewhere and learn some different styles and get some other stuff that Wild just will not teach them. But, you know, it... I'm sure as long as she's good in the wild universe, then 
everything's fine. Uh, but needless to say, for what they needed to do, and keep in mind, this is not a cold match. The uh, what was it? not the first one? Yeah, the first one was cold. Steffi Slays and Glory Glitter, but Holiday and Chainsaw had something behind it. Even if it was poorly planned, it, it had something behind it. Um, this match had some buildup. Candy Crush had already been on a, a streak. She had a winning streak, not an undefeated streak. That's probably what he meant to say. Uh, and Genesis has been in this angle of needing to prove that I can win on my own. I don't have to be part of a team. I can, I can do this, and I can show you why I am the leader of the group. And this carried that on. I, I thought they did a fine job here. The highest praise that I can give this entire show before I finish out the, the, the end is that is the closest that I've seen to just old school territory wrestling. Not in terms of how they shot it, not you know, but in the context. It's promos and it's matches. And the promos are there to sell the match. Simple. And this episode got it. It got it. So in any case, this is one of the few things that I was saying while felt like, I don't know if they did this with intent or not, but having Candy Crush go on a winning streak from the point that she lost her championship opportunity to uh, this episode, she had been labeled their gatekeeper and the person that all the new people came up against. And basically, she wasn't in any particular rivalry or feud or anything like that, but they tried to give her some level of importance. Now, I <clears throat> I didn't really see that as going anywhere, but whoever decided to rope this into it, I thought this was a good idea to have Genesis, if she's going to go for it and be a credible wrestler, a credible threat, or what have you, in a singles environment, her having a few wins is not going to uh, hurt anything. In fact, she needs it. You know that this is going into the line of doing things for the sake of having reasonable credibility, and this is one of those cases. That, you know. I, I honestly cannot say it enough for all the times that I've given them flack on, you know, not having logical steps or things feeling out of place or continuity or angles that just popped up out of nowhere and then dropped all of a sudden. This particular match, the segments before and the promo after, gave this a level of credibility that I had not seen in a while in a long time, if not ever. And I have gone through uh, pointing out the promos and whatnot, but the, the match here is actually fairly solid. I mean, look, it's, it's still a TV match, um, but it's a TV match that has some, some purpose behind it. So, uh, you know, why don't we do just a little bit of a watch along here? Why don't we do that? Because, you know, 
I I could stand to sit and watch this one again. It's not not gonna kill me. So right now, if you decide to go along with me, we're gonna put this at zero. This is the Genesis versus Candy Crush uh, match. It is all zeroed out. Matter of fact, let me let me refresh the page because I don't want an ad to pop up at in the middle of it. So let's let's try to get the ad out of the way. But anyway, what we're gonna do is we're gonna get to the video. We're gonna start it right at zero. Uh, so you should be seeing Lauren was it Hunk Hunkle in on the screen right now, getting ready to make her announcement. I noticed that she hasn't had as much loud colors lately either. Like she, her death dress and microphone have been bedazzled but that's pretty much it she hasn't really changed it much in uh recent weeks or months so anyhow that that was just a a, a minor thing uh okay so i'm gonna give a countdown and then we're gonna hit play on me saying play all right so here we are five Four, three, two, one, play. All right, so the match is starting up, and she's making her announcement, and here comes Genesis. She's got the pompadour do, and her nunchucks as she just shows off to the, the fan base. Now, keep in mind, we're going back with the, the uh, storyline that she is wanting to show her expertise and reinforce that she is the leader because exile really hasn't had a definitive leader once uh maleo Saka left. now here's the other part of it is princess ozzy <laughs> the friend who had time for her friend finally princess ozzy joins them on commentary and like i said the the one thing the one drawback that i would say this match had is that uh it seemed to me like the commentators foreshadowed loss didn't didn't ruin the match for me. I'm just saying, by mentioning the winning streak, by bringing it up when they had never did it before, you know, it's like okay, this seems like they might be planning to see to something important. But here comes Candy Crush. I am still somewhat waiting on a lawsuit to kick in <laughs> for her. Uh, but I, I do want to give credit to their change of use of Candy Crush. I did not like it in the beginning of the season where they had her be over melodramatic and crying about everything. And, you know, it just, it took so much away from her. But now she is there as a fighter. Still lingering on the uh, on the boxing thing, but, you know, it, it's, it's all good. So here we go. The match is started up. There's a lockup. There's a nice turnaround. Uh, Genesis gets Candy Crush in the corner, pushing up with the X across the throat. Leg sweep by uh, Crush. Genesis out at the one. There's a leg sweep on her end, but she holds on to it. Kick off by Crush. Match seems, you know, they might have worked it out, but it seems pretty uh, good so far. A couple of arm drags, and she locks in the arm bar. Genesis is down. And you can see right there, you know, she's applying an arm bar. And one thing I, 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 I know I said, quite a bit about the team exile i really hope that they stay together i i feel like there is some a future there as a team whether they do that in wow or someplace else is a different issue nice side kick by genesis 
drapes on the ropes. Now, I don't know what that was supposed to be. I, like, that didn't look like it hurt at all. Like it, I can only suspend my disbelief so far when she just yanked the rope down. I, I imagine it's supposed to be like a little ricochet motion to pop back in her throat, but, you know, we'll let it go. So she's kicking her off on the throat, slams the leg. Kicking at the the, uh, the thigh, the back of the knee. I mean, she's doing the number here, getting the heat in on uh on crush. And nice submission hold there. I mean, it, now that looks good. That looks good. The way that she has her leg tied in, right? The camera should be down a little bit lower. They should be looking at the knees. Roll through, grabs the rope. She being a good heel, holds on to it for a little while before she lets it go. And there she is, back at the knees. This is good work here. Back at what she was just working on. And that right there is what I was talking about with her when I was using that as an example of expression. Her facial expressions are always good. Her being Genesis. Drop toe hole, hooks her down. Now she's got a single crab. Her objective here in the match is very singularly focused. There is a there is an order to what she's doing, and it's making Crush work. I, I love that she has stuck with the knee. She breaks, goes back for it, lifts her up, boom! Look at that. Now she's going for us a pin. Of course, she's out. Crush has been one of their primary baby faces over the last couple of months. Over the last year, she's been one of their primary baby faces. You see. It, uh, Genesis toss up the sign for exile. Crush fighting herself out of the corner, and now she's using her own arms against, which is a nice touch. And you see Genesis working herself up for the escape. I mean, look, this is this is good stuff. I mean, it's a fun match. I I must admit, this is a fun match that they had here. It's yelling at the the referee, allegedly choking her out with her own arm. We're not really choking her. And then look at the surprise on her face. Like, I can't believe she's doing this. How she's powering out. Little things like that. It's the nuances. She's just, the expression on her face. Tries to get a big kick in there. Almost a mafia kick. Nice slide through. And look at that. She sold the knee. But back up on her feet. Shot in the stomach. Beautiful facial expressions. Spikes the head right into the mat. And here's Crush. Desperately going for a cover. Not not a good cover, but she went for a cover. She hooked the leg. Looks like a little bit of uh, minor communication there, maybe. There she catches the foot. Turn around. Grabs the arm. Hooks it in for what we used to know as the Olympic slam. But here's the lights out. Now, I like the positioning of this, that she got it, and then boom, right there. Grabs the bottom rope. It gives Candy Crush somewhat of an out that she could have won, but she slammed her too close. She slammed her opponent too close to the ropes, which arguably gives her an out. But here again, you you got uh, the heel who didn't, you know, do anything uh Overly drastic, but she cheated just enough. Raked the eyes, rolled her up, hooked the tights, got the win. And that is what it's about right there. And immediately Crush rolls out, and you see Genesis. Yeah, raise my hand. She's she's doing great there. 
great stuff. Uh, nothing else can be said or done there. This is really good. After the match, she addresses the crowd, gets on the microphone, and they, the commentators address that Crush's winning streak is over, of course. <clears throat> but the promos have worked well today, and I was so happy to, to hear this, that leading into and after, she got the chance to get on that microphone and tell her story. I have been preaching let them talk for a year now, and it seems like it has finally settled in. Let them speak, and they've gotten a chance to speak. The next segment has BK Rhythm and Gigi Gianni having a conversation backstage about needing the third member for the trio's tournament. And uh, this is the one I was thinking about. Genesis walks by. They offer it to her. And the seed is planted that are you really part of exile? It's like, it's like they, they just did enough. So even in this throw, what would have been a throwaway segment, just a segment there to push the trios tournament, they went and dropped just a little gem in there to whether or not Genesis legitimately still with exile because they just tease it. Are you, are you really with exile? Like they ask her to join. She's like, well, you know, I'm part of a group already essentially. And that's where we get that little bit. So, all of these things are just lining up one after the other after the other from the start to to right here is all lining up. It keeps the trios tournament important. Somebody's out there talking about it. But at the same time, Genesis, who just comes off of a win and had a segment before and a promo after, and now she's walking through the hall and is, hey, what do you think about joining us? These are how you help make stars. They need the exposure. And who knows? I mean, it, it made me interested. It made me interested in seeing where are they going to go uh, with Genesis at this point. Where are they going to go with Exile just as, a, as an overall thing? The next segment, Wild well, Does a History Package on Americana and Jesse Jones' Breakup. Now, this video frames Jones as the villain and less of Americana kind of creating own problems. Now, if you... Well documented from my podcast that I feel like she created her own problems by doing all the things that she was doing. It didn't make any sense to me. It is, it's not the same thing, but it's kind of like, and I say kind of, I stress that. It's kind of like, you remember when Becky Lynch was supposed to have turned heel when she got her championship match? Finally, she was winning, you know, kind of quietly on SmackDown. And she was going to go into the title match. But then all of a sudden, Charlotte shows up. And Charlotte gets shoehorned into the match. And they make it a triple threat. And then everything's fine until Charlotte wins. And now it's like, seriously, this is my match. And, and Becky turns on it. Becky beats her up. And then Becky cuts the promo, you know, the following show, explaining herself and why she did what she did and why she felt like she felt. And I'm sure... They thought that that was, well, this will make Becky a heel. But no, it didn't. Because everybody understood and they saw it and they sympathized that here I am working hard trying to get to this spot and trying to, you know, 
live my dream and win the championship that I've earned. And then all of a sudden, at the last hour, I get a third party tossed in, not because she earned it, but because she just is Charlotte Flair and she can get this just because. Well, that's what, the, you know, and the company thinking that that would make Becky the heel in this environment was all wrong. They, they read that wrong. That's what it was here with me. Americana can complain to Jesse Jones about, you shouldn't do that. What about Levi? And, you know, on paper, that sounds fine. And maybe if they had done some extra things in between that to push Jesse Jones's lack of moral fiber, which is basically what they were going for, if they had some things in between that that helped push that, then maybe it would have meant something else. But Americana not even attempting to help her partner when she's clearly outgunned didn't do much to help her story. So in this in this instance, the video package helps. All of that to say that they reframed the story for those who weren't aware of the story. So if you just looked at it on this, it does come across like, and Jesse Jones decided that Americana was holding her back and she turned and yada, yada, yada. <clears throat> so, but that's what TV shows do. You have to frame it the way that you want it framed. I see no problem with this. And as I have said about the editing team on a number of occasions, they're well done. Uh, the next segment was the Brat Pack being advertised against the mother truckers for next week's show. And that is what it is. The next thing is the main event. Grits and Glam, the reunion of grit, Grits and Glam against the new All-American Girls. So we've got Jesse Jones and Amber O'Neill as Grits and Glam and the uh, new All-American Girls as Santana Garrett and Americana, which is a weird kind of a team when neither one of them have American colors on. But Grits and Glam do, so, you know, go figure. But anyway, they recap the history of uh, Garrett and O'Neill, which I thought they should do. And this, this is, again, one of those cases where it is easier and more efficient to recap and showcase people who had significant uh, roles in the company in the past rather than, you know, and, and I hate to pick on Abigail Maverick, but... Americana and not Americana, Amber O'Neill and uh, Jesse Jones got together as uh, a means of Jesse Jones helping Amber O'Neill out at one point. This has been the favorite return, so it's full circle. And then you go back further than that, where they did this little uh, kind of picture in picture recap, where you have um, Santana Garrett and Amber O'Neill. They showed. O'Neal turning on Garrett as they were the tag team champions. So that, you know, that does put some history on them for people who never saw it. And the picture in picture was a nice touch if you're paying attention to that. They, you know, they talk about, you know, Santana Garrett being a former wild champion, which gives her more, more weight and credibility. She, too, is a former NWA Women's World Champion, much like Abilene Maverick, but I doubt that they're ever going to bring that up because it's not significant in the wild universe. Uh, 
as I said at the beginning, people can see Americana's look is very similar to her partner. But having Santana Garrett there as her partner does help deal with the look. They look like they should be tag team partners. So that's fine. Uh, Americana still had somewhat comical reactions uh, (laughs) in the match when she's being choked out and stuff like that. Not quite where she needs to be, but, you know, I, I will stand by and I hope that this works itself out to be true. She is where she needs to be being surrounded by veterans who can probably take her after the match and say, look, look, why don't you try this and why don't you do that? This would be good for you, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, this, is, this is still the position that she should be in. Um, she, she's not there yet. There, there was a point in the match where she completely telegraphed the double clothesline spot because she leaped up into the air before it was ready. But, you know, that, that's, you know, one of these things that I, I reiterate the timing that you come up with and, you know, the anticipation and things of that nature. That, that's what you get when you're, when you wrestle, uh, regularly. Doesn't always work out that way, but it does help. It helps that you have somebody that's well, not somebody, but you get the experience to kind of buffer out your your wrestling style. Uh, the, the matches generally was was pretty good, uh, um, and I am so pleased that they didn't polish this off immediately. As WoW will tend to do sometimes. Sometimes they'll start an angle and it'll end right then and there. As in the case of Sahara Spars turning into Amber Rodriguez and they had the match that day and it was it. (laughs) That was was it. They just moved on. Here, this match had some competition and it broke down. it broke down into a brawl at the end of the show, which carried all four competitors to the outside, and then they'd start beating up on each other until it was a double countout. And the double countout just, you know, was the official ruling. Uh, I, they did try to, they being the competitors, they did try to make it sound like, oh, we're running out of time, fans, and, you know, if it does go long, we'll do such and such. Well, this isn't the first time that they've, implied that or said it and we know that they're not going to do that I, I, I would be really 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 surprised if they ever get to a point where it's like oh we're running out of time we're gonna have to check with us next week you know i don't think no matter what they say that that's in the cards for them if it does or if it is i again i'll be shocked and, and i might be pleasantly surprised depending on how it's done but, yeah, double count out. They implied that it might go long. It didn't go long. Wasn't shocked about that there. But I was good with the ending. I was good with that. They had a brawl, and that is going to have to be revisited, especially if they can maintain the heat of the feud. If they can maintain having these girls cut promos on each other and things you know that help drive the match and make me want to see the match 
as it was with the opening segment going to the end of the program. I, I was like, I want to see the match now. They actually got me interested in seeing how this is going to go. And I wasn't disappointed. It's too soon for them to have a blow-off. And neither one of them needs to be walking into a loss. Grits and Glam, yes, they you know been a team before, but they just got back together. They don't need to walk into a loss. Neither do the new All-American girls. They do not need to walk into a loss. Just getting formed right now. They probably could stand to have some other victories on both sides of that fence leading into what is ultimately going to be their blow-off match. But as it is right now, I thought this was a good way for them to get out of it. I thought that this was uh, set up well. I thought the show from top to bottom, because of promos that were instilled in here, uh, helped make the show that much better. Segment one, like all four of them got to talk at some point. And that was the most part of the segment. It wasn't a match. It was just them talking. And it was interesting. Made me want to look at the show. This is everything that I've said. Holiday's promo, like I said before, saved that angle. Didn't even mind that Steffi Slays and Glory Glitter was a, you know, more or less a throwaway match, but it was it was a fine match. Didn't go anywhere. Didn't serve any purpose other than just to put Glory Glitter another win in the column. Fine with that. Gigi Gianni and BK Rhythm segment backstage helped hook into the previous match's outcome with Genesis going over on Candy Crush. All, all of this was good. Surprisingly, from top to bottom, all of this was good. I might not ever say it again, but this was an A show. Yeah, surprising, isn't it? I, I It may never come back up, but this was an A show, and I am pleased to, to finally be able to say that is an A show. Now, that being the case, I am going to read off the preview for next episode. And I'm not going to give any judgment on it because they may surprise me. This one surprised me, so I'm hoping that the next one does too. Although, I will admit, on first reading, I was like, ah, I don't know about this, but I'm going to reserve judgment. So, here we go. The preview for next episode, as sent by WOW and their PR department. It will be titled The Wow Factor. Lana Starr and the Fab Four aim to be back on top with the gold this week in Penelope Pink's main event championship match against WOW champion Abilene Maverick. Meanwhile, now that David McClain has stripped Tormenta of her championship match due to interference, Tormenta takes on Fury in singles competition. The mother truckers make a rap video ahead of their match with the Brat Pack. Also in action, Miami's Sweet Heat and Wild Darlings, the Mighty Mites. Okay, so, hmm, again, I do not want to give judgment here. I probably could do it out the rap video, but I will wait till I see the rap video first. Because it might be funny, I don't know. 
Um, I'll say that the Brat Pack needs that win. They need to get. They need to pull off a win here. I doubt that they'll do it, but they need to pull off a win. I'm not even going to bother with Miami Sweet Heat and the Mighty Mites. Sweet Heat goes over. <laughs> I'll be shocked and amazed if anything different happened. Um, I don't perceive Abilene Maverick losing, although I will say that I'm interested in seeing how they deal with this because Abilene Maverick is a heel and Penelope Pink is a heel. So I don't know where they're going to really go with that. I mean, it's not a, a, a match that either person would be rooted for by the crowd there's no reason to root for either one of them. The match would make sense because it was Penelope Pink that was thrown off of and, and Abilene Maverick uh, basically taking advantage of the fact that Pink hit her finish on the, on the former champion and she scored the win off of, off of Penelope Pink's work. So the match makes sense. I'm just wondering how they're going to set that up and how they're going to go into another heel versus heel match with, without not... Uh, not a lot of build here. And uh, Tormenta's championship match. Now, I didn't. I wasn't aware that she had a championship match. She's had several. And, yes, we do remember her interfering in the match with the Beast versus Abilene Maverick, so uh, that makes sense. But why would she have had a championship match to begin with to have it stripped away? How she continues to get these championship matches are just, just you know, mind-boggling to me. But but we see David McClain has stripped her of her match, and now she's going to take on Fury instead. So I'm going to say Tormenta. Tormenta should win here. Even though Fury has, has made her declaration that she is the heavy metal sister and she's going after the heaviest metal of them all, which was a nice, you know, play on words in her promo a couple weeks back. I do not perceive Fury as coming out on top. Uh, Well, I'll put it this way. Tormenta needs to win more than Fury does. So back to the the, um, predictions, if if we're going to go with that route. I'm going to say Abilene Maverick over Penelope Pink by some chicanery. I'm going to say Tormenta over Fury. Or at least he should. I want the Brat Pack to win. I don't necessarily think they're going to, but I'm going to go with the Brat Pack because I want the Brat Pack to win. And Miami Sweet Heat over the Mighty Mice because I think they have already lost whatever credibility that they could have gotten. I think they've already blown that. So that seems to be where we're going with that. So that is the episode in its full review. As I said, surprising even to me, I enjoyed this episode far more than I thought I would. The only downside, and I brought part of this up at the beginning, is I do not think the quality of the episode is going to be reflective in the ratings because it was a holiday week. I mean, you might as well, because Christmas and New Year's are lumped in, you know, pretty much together. And he had so many specials on TV, so many events going around, you know, things like that, things to distract them. So 
I as bad as I thought the ratings were for their wild special, it it really would not surprise me if this episode, despite all praise that I'm giving it, it would not surprise me if it went lower than uh, its previous episodes leading into this. I hope it does well. I really do. I hope it does well. But it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if it did. And that is the that's the full review. That is the episode in its entirety. You've got the ratings for the Wild Special. Got some uh, wrestling news as it relates to the women. You even got a little bit of a preview for their next episode coming up, the Wild Factor, and, and some uh, nice promos. And it's it's not even like I get the chance to say that all that much. It was nice promos from Wow. I mean that I am crazy shocked that they were able to do that. And I genuinely hope that they're able to keep that going. So on that note, we're going to close up the show. I'm going to give you something to think on before I get to the next episode. And that's going to be this. As we walk into the beginnings of 2024, I think I'd like to add in some things and change a few things up. One of those being, I feel like I want to do a giveaway. But we're gonna, if I do that, I'm going to do that based on what response I'm able to muster up for a giveaway. Now, there's a couple of things I was thinking about doing, t-shirts maybe, comic book based on uh, uh, women's wrestling that, that exists out there, maybe a movie, you know, just, or, or maybe just an overall uh, Women's Pro Wrestling Network gift package for whatever I include within that package. So, um, time will tell. I, I will endeavor to bring this up at the beginning of the next segment, uh, not segment, next episode, so that uh, I can get a better idea of whether or not this is something that should be done. So, uh, just for those of you who've listened to this point and you're hearing me say this, keep that in mind that uh, perhaps, perhaps we can do some uh, some giveaways here and, and have some nice stuff kind of sent out. So on that note, thank you for tuning in. Do all the the, the cool things that you can do for your podcasts and, and YouTube channels to support them. Support your local YouTube channel. How do you do that? Like, share, and subscribe. That's always the way to go. Like, share, and subscribe is the best way to support. If you're listening to this on your podcast or whatever podcast platform that you may find it, subscribe to the feed. That helps. Just click on that feed. Make sure that you get it every time that it goes up. Then you should be able to get your version of it sent to you wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you are still, despite that, unaware of where you can find things relative to the Women's Person Network, the WPN, you can go to WPNWrestling.com. That is WPNWrestling.com. And you can see everything focused into one location. That's our podcast. That's the 24-hour, seven-day-a-week stream of videos. Uh, a couple of blogs when I you know, get into the, the mode of writing them. Uh, a 
couple of pictures. Need to do some updates on there, and I think I'm going to be doing some of those uh, throughout the year as well. So there's that. Oh, and of course, another way that you can uh, support, if you choose to do it, is the purchase of a shirt. That's right. You can purchase a shirt. You can go down to the tab that says shop on the YouTube channel, and you can click that, and you can uh, go right into what we have available, including a couple shirts, leggings, long sleeves, some wife beaters, even though that's probably not an appropriate term anymore. <laughs> you you got you all of those things. I didn't even think about that until that was, as I was saying, it's like, yeah, that's probably not the best term for that, that shirt anymore, but that's what it used to be referred to back in the day. So, but anyway, all of those things are there and available. And you can pick that up at any given time. Go to the, the Women's Processing Network YouTube channel, click the shop button, and it will take you right there to go through and pick what you like. And I will just make one other statement and uh, I'll move on. Uh, if you haven't followed on Instagram, uh, do that as well. Every once in a while I, on here, I'll try to do some uh, trivia and, and whatnot. If you haven't gone to the community tab and answered the questions that's there, you should go there. Test your knowledge. Test your knowledge of women's wrestling. No cheating. Now go there and test your knowledge of some women's wrestling and, and answer some of the questions. I got some more that's coming up. But go to the Instagram page, you know, and you can follow us there. Both of those things feed off into the Facebook page. So, you know, you're getting one, you're getting the other. And I will also say, of course, I am pretty sure that while superheroes kind of vanity search themselves from time to time uh, I'll say this and I'll wrap it up when I I wrote that the episode that I just reviewed was probably their best episode I put that on, on the Instagram uh, feed and lo and behold the wrestling mom popped up and Ah, uh, yeah, this, you know, we're, we're working hard and trying to, you know, make this thing happen and, you know, so on and so forth. And, and I, you know, I was like, <laughs> I got to say, I, I'm, I'm glad that you saw this and you wanted to comment. But I also had to tell her, look, I, I, there's a lot of times that I'm not necessarily complimentary to this. I'm being complimentary today because y'all did a good job on this episode. And, and not only her, but then Santana Garrett. The All-American Girls, both of them, <laughs> made, made an appearance on that particular post. Uh, Garrett went on about talking about the talent, the production, the costume, the crew, and everybody, and that they uh, did a great job, and that she's proud of being a part of WOW, and I'm sure she is. I'm sure both of them are. But I had to make it clear to her as well, as, as best I could, without being, you know, mean. And I heard this so... I hope that that level of quality and work continues going forward and I, you know, stay tuned to what they're doing. So uh, either they're vanity searching themselves or they're paying attention to what is being said is one or the other. Uh, we'll, we'll see what the next post gets me after I, after I uh, do a re another review. And I hope that is good and that the review isn't crap. Or, or the episode is in crap. That will do it. And so for myself and the Women's Pro Wrestling Network, I close in saying that this is Mr. Green saying, 
that this is Mr. Green saying so long, and we will see you on the next go-round. Thank you for tuning in, and take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the WPN's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. If you have questions or comments, please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support. Thank you again for listening.